In today's episode, we continue our conversation with Judge Leanne Dauphino. If you have not listened to that first part, we encourage you to listen to that first before continuing to this episode for further context. In Denmark, they have professional jurors who actually know the law. And I just wondered if you thought that would be a better way, since people here do fight jury duty. Is that more... Do you, Have you ever considered that being a good thing, a, a, a professional juror? Well, because they know the law. I know that sometimes people have said, oh, I just voted whatever way because I needed to get home to my kids. And that scares me as someone who thinks that it could be my child or me or my husband on trial and somebody just wants to get out of there so they're going to vote a certain way. I don't know that and that's a common thing. Who's going to choose these professional jurors? Judges. <laughs> then why not just go to the judge? Right. You don't trust them. Why not go to a judge that has to be reelected every four years? Yeah. I just, I mean, we had talked on the podcast that we think that a lot of jurors don't know. We didn't even know that you could go into a courtroom. So I imagine that there's a lot of jurors who listen and think because of, let's say, they watch CSI on TV and they think the rules are supposed to be this way and they don't really know that the law doesn't work that way. Or the judge gives you a written charge telling you what the law is. Okay. And then the judge asks on the, in the charge specific questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find beyond a reasonable doubt that this person did this act in this place on this date. I know that sometimes uh, the prosecutor will call the jurors after a verdict and ask them, you know, interview no, them or the, the judge calls the jury. It's the judge. Okay. So you do hear from uh, juries after. If anybody asks, uh, is this your verdict? If this is your verdict, please raise your hand. Okay. Is there anybody uh, who says this is not your verdict? Okay. So I know of a case where um, the, uh, a few years after the verdict, the, um, the jury foreman has gone on a podcast and said one of the reasons that they convicted is because his words were no talking, no walking. That violated her Fifth Amendment. I mean, and the the um, judge or the the attorney said before this person was selected to be on the jury, you understand that if she does not take the stand, that is my decision, not hers. And he said yes. And then. A few years later, he was on a podcast stating that part of the reason that she was convicted is because she didn't take the stand. And a TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, he said that on the show? Mm-hmm. If that is jury misconduct, if that rises to the level of jury misconduct, that's written material. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how that's not jury misconduct. Well, but, I don't but, know all the facts. I really can't. Right, right. 
And I don't know if it was somebody just showing off. Right. I don't yeah. know. Right. That's it true. doesn't sound like somebody who's particularly reliable. But but that's something that should be brought up on appeal. Well, if if it comes up in time, okay, you have to file a motion for new trial and make, and make the record. And if uh, if a juror believes there was jury misconduct and says this juror came in and told us that uh, uh, we have to vote this way uh, if we go our tires slashed, uh, well, that jury should that juror should not return that verdict. Juror should go to the judge at that point, right? Okay. And if he said, if that juror said it publicly, that juror probably said it privately back in the jury room. Yeah, probably. So but why did the other jurors vote with him? Right. But can you can justify their verdict afterwards? For whatever they think people want to about whatever they think people want to hear. Exactly. True. If they, if it's an unpopular verdict, then a juror may say all kinds of things. Well, I really didn't want to return that verdict, but they made me. Well, mm -hmm. it was an unpopular verdict, and now now they're they're finding an excuse for it. So you don't know. You can't. Right. Good point. And and jurors are allowed to speak about cases after, right? Afterwards, yes. Okay. Good. They can go out to the crime scene. They can. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've had jurors actually. Um, this was a death penalty case, and they gave him life, and asked for his address so they could write to him in prison hmm. because they um, found that he was a person they wanted to stay in touch with. Sitting on a jury would be fascinating in a criminal trial. Did you find it interesting? Very, I did. I did find it very interesting. That was a very long time ago, but... I was mesmerized by it all. It was... And most of the jurors took your obligations very seriously, didn't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. You'll hear people say things before they serve on a jury, but once they get in that jury room, I really think most jurors take it very, very seriously because they have somebody's life in their hands. Yeah. They have the life of the person accused, they have the life of the injured party, uh, the family of the injured party, and I think they take their duty very seriously no matter what they say before them, and really no matter what they say afterwards. I think most jurors consider this a, a sacred obligation almost. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I really yeah. think so as well, but I really, really hope so. 
do you sometimes hear from jurors afterwards that come to you and ask you about stuff or are worried or have trouble, you know, after being on the jury or? Have trouble after being on a jury? Yeah, maybe they, you know, if they have follow-up questions or something, once the trial is over, maybe they want to... Once the trial is over, they can talk to uh, the lawyers. Mm -hmm. I, I had a jury once who wanted to talk to the defendant. Okay. So, yeah, they, the jurors are perfectly free to talk to anybody they want to after the trial. And I would feel like you would be affected if you were on a jury, you go through a whole trial and, you know, hear all this stuff, maybe, uh, yeah, it must affect you also that you keep thinking about it, maybe. And, and maybe, maybe it makes you take your justice system more seriously and more personally. Mm -hmm. And you haven't asked me this. But how do I feel about people chanting, trying to influence a jury? How do you feel about it? Oh, you think it's wrong? No, it's wrong to try to influence a jury. I think it's criminal. Yeah, I think yeah. it's criminal. Yeah, there is something called jury tampering. Yes. Yeah. And usually we think it's bribing a juror or threatening a juror. But I know one trial I had, um, the uh, witnesses would come in and their faces would be black and blue. And there would be people sitting in the courtroom uh, glaring at them. And I looked out the window and there was a group of people standing across the street on the corner. So I found out that um, they were sending people into the courtroom to hear how these people testified. They were beating them up before they came to court to testify. And they um, would send somebody to listen to their testimony. Then they go report to the group out in the hall. And if they didn't testify the way they should, they would escort them out of the courthouse. And so, you know, how do you handle that without compromising the defense or the prosecution? Yeah, how, how did you handle that? I held all the witnesses in contempt, put them in the holdover until the crowd disappeared from the corner and the people left the hallway and then we took them out the back door. Mm -hmm. And then they got to testify uh, later well, on, maybe? Uh, people stopped coming into the courtroom. And so the bailiff asked them why. And they said, because we see people go in and they never come out. <laughs> yeah. But you just, you, you, you can't do that to witnesses. You can't threaten witnesses. You can't. Yeah. You just don't do it. Maybe. You don't chant and protest to try to influence a jury. You just don't do that. That's not how our justice system works. Mm -hmm. 
No, I'm, I'm just, I could just go on for a bit. No. <laughs> Have you seen like the judicial system change over all the years you've been uh, in law? Have you seen some changes or? I've seen some changes. Uh-huh. It... Uh, I think the lawyers used to be a little more flamboyant. Um, don't see so much of that anymore. Um, the the technology, all the jurors expect DNA and I don't know the, the things they have on television, and some of the things they have on television aren't real. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you see more of that. You see more experts, uh, but. Um, some of the old-time lawyers were just so fascinating. There was one, I never saw him, but I don't know if you know it, but there used to be spittoons in the courtrooms. <laughs> and so they would, the lawyers could dip snuff or chew tobacco because there were spittoons. And they could also smoke. Wow. When I started out, there was one judge that always smoked on the bench. And then soon afterwards, he had to go into chambers to smoke. And uh, now he can't smoke at all in the courthouse. Mm. But um, there was a lawyer who would always smoke a cigar while the state was putting on its case. And he would let the ash on the end of the cigar get longer and longer and longer. So the jury was concentrating on that cigar ash <laughs> and not listening to the state's witnesses. Uh, and it turned out that he put a toothpick in the uh. end of the cigar or, and it held the ash there until it got as long as the toothpick. Wow. And that's what he would do to distract the jury from listening to the state's case. Well, it's not a good thing to do, but it was certainly worth it was interesting. I mean, the, the lawyers were just, a lot of them were just different, more mm -hmm. more flamboyant. Mm -hmm. um, speaking speaking of the technology, do you have any? Um, uh, I'm sorry. Speaking of uh, technology today, do you have any thoughts on like the MVAC testing for DNA? The what? MVAC, the touch DNA. No, I. I have no science background whatsoever. Okay. Mm -hmm. It all, you know, it's going to depend on the qualifications of the expert and, mm -hmm. and right. how it's presented to the jury and how much weight the jury puts on it. Mm -hmm. But no, I have no, uh, you know, bite mark evidence what used to be uh, good evidence. Now it's just, it's not, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. so things, things change. Yeah. Do, uh, about that, do you, as a judge, do you have like seminars or go to courses and meet? Because it must be lonely, like you don't have any colleagues to discuss things oh. with. Okay, I can only speak for Tarrant County. But when I was elected judge, it was very, the judges were mostly Democrats. And I was, 
I think the, I can't remember if I was the second or third Republican judge elected on misdemeanor or, well, any, any court in Tarrant County um, other than municipal courts. Or, and um, one of the, well, a couple of the Democrats came to me and said, the first thing you need to understand is there are no parties. You're a member of the Brotherhood of the Black Robe and we will help you any way we can. Any questions you have, feel free to ask us. And so I had to send somebody to death and I said, how do you do that? And they said, this is how you do it. And uh, gave me a script to read and told me how to handle it. Uh, Tarrant County is, has always been, I can't speak for it now, but I believe it's still true. One of the best places to practice law, to go to trial. And I have sat in some of the other counties and they are so helpful and so nice. Go to judicial conferences with judges from other counties and uh, just wonderful, wonderful uh, companions. Uh, and, and you can ask any question, how do you handle this? And they will answer you. you uh, judges help each other every way they can. Good. And uh, when I started practicing law, the experienced lawyers told me, we have every motion you could probably think of. We have filed. Anytime you need a motion to go by, just ask. So the, the defense lawyers uh, let me sit second chair so I could see how you try a case. Uh, they would agree to sit second chair for me, to keep me out of trouble, uh, offered me motions, anything I needed. And that's just been my experience in, in the law and in the, the counties that I'm familiar with, uh, um, up you know, Fort Worth West, uh, really don't know much about East, uh, Amarillo. Uh, I knew some judges up in Amarillo. They same way, mm -hmm. just wonderful. That's that's good. So it's like they, nobody is competing with each and with each other. It's, no. There's no competition. I thought there might be with um, with defense oh, attorneys for clients or you know. But I'm glad to hear that there's not. Well, I guess there's competition for clients, but that's by doing a good job. Right. So if I if I'm a, an attorney and I want to keep my client, so I don't want to help you be better than me, is what I'm talking about. No, that's I myself would would cheer you I'll on. Never, would be, mm -hmm. I've never even heard of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I didn't good. know if that was a thing or not. 
Well, all I can speak for is Tarrant County, West, um, and Lubbock and Marilla, uh, and actually a friend of mine down on the border. Uh, every time my children went on spring break to Padre Island, I would put his phone number and name in their shoes, in every pocket, um, every place they might, I could find to put his name and phone number, I put it, and then I called him to tell him they were on their way to spring break. Mm -hmm. And he told his secretary to contact him any time of the day or night. They got a call from anybody with my last name. Nice. And, uh, and that's wonderful. And that was, yeah. that was not in uh, McAllen. So, wow. uh, for the cool. most part, people are really, really nice. Now, I know there are some places that have a different reputation, mm -hmm. but my experience has been with Tarrant County West and the Panhandle and my friend down on the border and um, a couple of San Antonio lawyers and a couple of lawyers in Austin. Uh, great, great people, really helpful. Just wonderful, wonderful that's, people. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. I, you know, it, that's the way it should be, what is how I feel. You know, we help each well, other. Right. I mean, all the things they say about lawyers, who are you going to depend on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lawyers, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody likes a lawyer except another lawyer. <laughs> well, know, there's the best lawyer jokes. Yeah. And the judges have the best judge jokes, and I'm not going to tell you any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a friend that's a lawyer that, um, you know, I really like her. She's really. A really good person, and, and yeah. I, I want her to do well. And but, you know, why why would you practice law unless you want to preserve our judicial system, protect the individual, uh, just preserve the the integrity of our system? Yeah. I think um, a lot of defense attorneys get a bad rap because there are bad people and they have to defend them. And, you know, people don't understand that they deserve the best defense that can be given to them. Well, Even let me ask you this. If nobody will defend a person, how do you take them to trial? Right. If nobody will defend a person, how do they get sent to prison? Yeah, well, I um, I heard one defense attorney say that, um, you know, someone asked, how can you defend a person you know is guilty? And oh, he God. said, my job is to make sure the law is followed, to make sure the prosecutor presents the facts and nothing more. My job is to make sure that the law is followed. Technically, a person is not guilty until a jury says that person is guilty. That's true. That's true. 
And I actually have had clients who demanded to plead guilty, not very many, but they wanted the prestige oh. of being the person who had done that and having a felony conviction. And I know that sounds crazy. Yeah. But I have had clients. One client demanded to plead guilty because he killed that drug dealer. He stabbed him with his knife. Unfortunately, the drug dealer was shot. To death. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I really. Oh and God. What do you do with a client like that? Mm -hmm. Wow. Because. Yeah, it's supposed to be their case. Right. But uh, there was no way. There was a witness who saw the person. And there was another witness who claims she saw my client. And that, my client was banking on that. But my client, I mean, the man was shocked. <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, the... Who's guilty? Whoever the jury says is guilty or the judge says is guilty, and if the evidence supports the guilt, because sometimes you can't even believe your own client. Right. Another right. client trying to protect a relative claimed to be guilty. Wow. Yeah. Does does oh. that happen very often? Who knows? Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> right. Who knows? So that's why the justice system has to work. And really, it's very difficult to represent a person who's not guilty. It's much easier to represent somebody who's guilty. They at least tell you what happened. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard that. And what happened? may not be, I mean, it may be something much less serious than what is claimed. Uh, so somebody is driving a car and hits some, a, a pedestrian, let's say. And the person says, I did drive the car, I did hit the pedestrian, but he was shooting at me. Well, okay, maybe the prosecution doesn't know that. Maybe the person that got hit didn't tell the prosecution they were shooting at the person. Mm. Technically, the person did hit the person, the complainant. Right. But the rest of the story, Paul Harvey, uh, you don't know who Paul Harvey is, y'all. Yeah. Know, but, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, when you hear, so sometimes it's easier to represent somebody who's guilty because if the person wasn't even there, they can't even tell you what happened. Exactly. And that, that happens in a lot of the wrongful convictions. It's that, Kathy, that can I you know Kathy? Can you move forward? Can't hear you very much. Okay. Well, um, 
it's uh, in some of the wrongful convictions that I, I'm aware of, um, it's because they, the defendants didn't know what happened. They didn't know. How are they going to so, know what happened? Yeah, because they weren't there. And, uh, and so it was very hard for their defense attorney to defend them because, you know. So wouldn't you rather represent somebody who was guilty who could, could at least tell you what happened? Yeah. <laughs> tell you yeah. what their defense is? Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, when I was in law school, it wasn't my client, somebody else's client, went in to a, went in with his finger in his pocket to make it look like a gun and handed the guard a note that said, hands up, this is a robbery. The guard said, I'm sorry, I can't read your handwriting. So the defendant takes his hand out of his pocket, takes the finger that's supposed to be the gun, and says, yeah, see, it says, hands up, this is a robbery, <laughs> and then sticks his finger back in his pocket. And the guard says, is that what it says? Are you sure? And the defendant said, oh, never mind. I don't know anything about robbing the bank. And the guard said, well, I guess not. This is the post office. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't figure out what to charge him with. Oh, because wow. he had no intent to commit any kind of robbery at a post office, and he didn't commit any kind of robbery at a bank. So they finally charged him with uh, either attempted aggravated assault of a peace officer or terroristic threat of a peace officer. Anyway, uh, it ended up in much, much lower. And so it sounds like a horrible case, but when you look at it, it's hard to keep a straight face, right? Right, right. Yeah. 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 So, True. Yeah, there are some awful, awful cases that you can't even imagine. And then there are some like that. And they all go through the same justice system. Mm -hmm. You have to treat each one of them the same. Each one of them as seriously as the others. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check back next week for our next episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so you can get notified of when our new episodes release and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Touch by Crime. Thanks, and we hope to see you again next week.